right, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today we are discussing the bombshell of a news that Julio Jones wants out of Atlanta. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalcFans.com. RIP, still going strong, however, on Twitter at FalcFans. And, of course, the host of this preeminent Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Falcons will feature us talking about the bombshell of news that Julio Jones no longer wants to play in Atlanta. And we'll get into all of that and sort of whether or not that means that Julio has definitively played his last snap in Atlanta. If the Falcons will be looking to move him, uh, what they could potentially get for him and uh, sort of how do they move on in a world post Julio Jones. But before we get into that topic of conversation, I do want to plug the Peacock and Williamson podcast, one of the national podcasts covering the NFL on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It covers every team, every game, every move, and probably including this one. So check out NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson's thoughts on Julio Jones as well as other moves going on around the NFL on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So if you stayed away from the internet uh, on Monday morning, you probably missed the news, but Julio Jones had a surprise appearance on uh, Fox's Undisputed, uh, getting a phone call by Shannon Sharp while they were live on the air discussing seemingly the picture of Julio Jones rocking a Dallas Cowboys sweatshirt uh, that was you know on the internet over the weekend. Um, and wanting to know if he wanted to play for the Cowboys and without even getting into the conversation of whether or not Julio Jones knew that he was live on television when he answered the phone, Shannon's phone call, uh, which, you know, based off of what I've heard, you get, I'm not an expert on this, but if he didn't know that would be like an FCC, uh, violation or something like that, like it's illegal or something like that. But without even getting into that, basically Shannon asked him, you know, does he want to play for Dallas? Does he want to out of Atlanta? And he says, I'm out of there, man. Um, but then further went on to say that he has no interest in playing for the Cowboys. He wants to play for a winner. Um, and then shortly thereafter, Ian Rappaport, uh, basically dropped the news that Julio had requested a trade months ago. Um, Albert Breer added further context to that, uh, a couple hours later saying that through, according to his sources, you know, Julio reached out through his agent, uh, requesting a trade back in March. Um, you know, Albert Breer said it was an open secret in NFL circles, which, uh, you know, uh, whatever, uh, if it's such an open secret, then, you know, it wasn't clearly those NFL circles are very tight because we didn't hear anything about it, but that, that's, that's neither here nor there. So to me with today's news, uh, there's two big questions I still have that are unanswered. First one is how badly do the Falcons want to trade Julio Jones? And number two is how badly does Julio Jones want to be out of Atlanta? Because, I don't know if this necessarily means that Julio Jones is, is done in Atlanta because depending on where those answers lie, 
means that there's at least a chance that Julio Jones could still be an Atlanta Falcon in 2021. Now, as our good friend Jeff Schultz puts it at the athletic, he seemingly says that the Falcons want to trade Julio Jones, as he suggested last week in an article, uh, he put it. And if that's the case, then they probably ultimately will. And it's a matter of when and not if they trade Julio Jones. Now, if Julio Jones is adamant, as we've seen some other uh, prominent star players in the NFL this past offseason, and his his level of disgruntledness is is so high that he's never going to play another snap for the Atlanta Falcons, then regardless of the answer to whether or not the Falcons want to trade him, you know, it's probably eventually going to force the team's hand. And again, it becomes a question of when, if not, if, you know, one of the questions it raises is sort of how much of a distraction this will be. You know, if Julio skips mandatory minicamp, which I think is currently scheduled for June 8th. And, you know, at this point in time, I'm assuming he will. um, And then basically holds out a training camp. It's going to certainly create a, discre- a distraction. Now, I tend to think distractions tend to be an overused term by NFL teams in order to justify certain actions. But in this case, it does sort of, sort of fit if Julio's not in camp and the team is going to be forced to ask questions about him and answer questions about him every day to the various media folks about Julio Jones and why he's not here. And if this is a distraction, you know, you ask if this is a distraction enough, it becomes a distraction as they say, but if he's in camp, they'll still have to answer some of those questions about, you know, okay, Julio, you said you wanted to be out, but you're, you're back in, you know, how can you, this team and you move forward and, and whatnot, it still becomes an issue, but it becomes less of an issue. If, if all parties can go about this and approach this on a professional basis. Now, how how badly the Falcons want to trade Julio Jones does factor into that because, you know, ultimately I've been holding out the hope that the Falcons are only going to trade Julio Jones if the price is right. But if they feel like he's a distraction to their team and then you couple that with the immediate cap benefits that the team gets, then it does indicate that the team will imme- eventually trade him at some point. And that remains of the reports that we've seen Albert Breer putting those out Monday morning in his uh, MMQB column, you know, that the Falcons wanted a first round draft pick pre-draft and now seemingly are willing to settle for a second round pick, you know, and maybe then if the Falcons are desperate to avoid the distraction and desperate to move on and turn the page on Julio Jones, you know, at that point in time, maybe they'd be even willing to settle for a third round pick. Which I'm sure, you know, I've I've seen, I think Peter King put out there that someone offered a conditional third round pick for Julio already and the Falcons turned it down. But come July, you know, a week before training camp or wherever, they may not be as willing to turn that down if that's the best offer that is available to them at that point in time. If they're in the boat of we have to get rid of Julio at all costs. So speaking of trade compensation, you know, I don't think a first round pick has ever been an option for the Falcons. I've said it since the fall that the, the, the best the Falcons could really hope um, for a Julio Jones trade was probably a second round pick plus another mid round pick, which is basically what the Texans got for DeAndre Hopkins last year. It's basically what the 49ers originally agreed to uh, when they were going to trade Terrell Owens back in 2004 when he was at the age of 31, which is much closer to Julio's age now at 32 when they originally were going to trade him to the Baltimore Ravens, I think it was ultimately for a second round pick and maybe something else. 
And, you know, and so like ultimately if the Falcons can get a second round pick and, and more and trade for Julio Jones, you, you could argue that's, you know, them getting maximum value at this point in time. And part of the reason why I've been somewhat optimistic over these last couple of weeks, you know, it's over the last month since this has become a thing since the week of the draft, when, you know, Albert Breer and Peter King and, and all those people first dropped it, that, you know, the Falcons are answering phone calls about trading Julio Jones. But part of the reason I've been so optimistic that a deal wouldn't get done was that I was unconvinced that another team was going to be willing to pay the price that the Falcons wanted to in order to get him similar to how we discussed that the reason why the Falcons didn't trade back from four was because no one was willing to match the price that they were willing to give up. But again, if the team is intent on moving on from Julio Jones, you know, that certainly throws a wrench into that belief and that idea that I had. Um, and, and eventually will lead them down the path of getting, of taking the best offer that they wind up getting, whether that's a second round pick or, or less. So we will continue today's episode talking more about the Julio Jones trade conversation. The saga continues, as they say, and we'll talk a little bit more about how things might get resolved and perhaps go deeper into explaining a way in which Julio Jones might stay in Atlanta for at least a year. But if that's not the case, then who do we blame for this predicament because I know there's a lot of people wanting to point fingers at people and I'll give you my two cents on that subject as we move forward. But before we get there, guys, in other news around the sports landscape, of course, the Atlanta Hawks are off to a one Oh lead in their playoff matchup and get all the insights on how the Hawks managed to pull off that one Oh seven, one Oh five win over the New York Knicks on Sunday from Brad Rowland, of locked on Hawks, or if you're not necessarily a Hawks fan and you're following another NBA team, of course, there's a daily podcast devoted to your favorite NBA team on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet online gives you all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. There's no time like the month of May to get started at bet online. The NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, and the French Open have already started. And of course, baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. It's not just sports too. bet online even covers awards, TV shows and reality TV, get real time updated odds on props on almost anything you can imagine. Just head over to the website or use your mobile device to today to sign up at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, that's locked on for a 50% welcome bonus bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So did you know that built bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market has nine delicious flavors, whether you're a fan of coconut almond like me, or you prefer mint brownie cookies and cream, cherry, barcia, double chocolate, peanut butter, brownie, salted caramel, coconut, or raspberry. There's something for everyone. And there's even occasional limited time flavor too, such as right now with the white chocolate birthday cake flavor available right now. You can try them all with a mix box, getting to each of all nine flavors or celebrate the beginning of summer with your very own healthy birthday cake. And you're probably wondering how healthy can a flavor like birthday cake B. Well, the white chocolate birthday cake has 140 calories, 17 grams of protein and six grams of sugar, right? If you were to get the equivalent of that protein in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you'd be getting four or five times as many calories and sugar and not as much fiber as you would get in the built bar. Even though the, 
peanut butter and jelly is a tried and true classic protein delivery vehicle. There's no comparison when it comes to taste. When it, you compare PB&J versus birthday cake, it's a no-brainer. Just head over to the website at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your birthday cake at BuiltBar.com. So how does this whole situation get resolved? My hope still is that Julio Jones plays for the Falcons this year and that the answers to the aforementioned questions are that the Falcons aren't keen to move on from Julio Jones, which means that they can afford to set a fairly high price tag in any trade. And Jones is not going full scorch earth like Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers and refuses to basically show up at least when training camp begins uh, because he hasn't been traded yet. So my hope is the two sides can move forward amicably uh, with the hope that there is an agreement maybe where the team will tell Julio, Hey man, we didn't get the right price for you that we were looking for to trade you. So show up on time. We'll be professional. Everybody will sort of make nice and, and move forward this upcoming season and we'll seek to move you after the season. Although the existence of the trade deadline will complicate that somewhat, but after the season, if you still don't want to be a Falcon, we'll cut you right. We'll make you a post June one cut. As I've explained before, from a salary cap standpoint, if the Falcons were to move on from Julio Jones after this season, you know, it would spread the $15 million in dead money that they would take on in 2022 should they were, were to wait till after the season to trade him. If they made him a post June one cut, they would spread that $15 million in dead money over two years, which is much better for the Falcons salary cap moving forward than trading him outright. Now here's the thing. If the Falcons were to trade Julio Jones this summer, they'd still be taking that $15 million in dead money hit this year or next year. I'm sorry. You know, and it's interesting to me because I, I saw a, a tweet get a lot of buzz uh, today in light of the Julio news, blaming sort of the large amount of dead money that the Falcons are still carrying for Trufant, Jamon Brown, and James Carpenter as one of the causes of this predicament that the Falcons have where they feel compelled to trade Julio Jones. But meanwhile, if they trade Julio Jones this summer, they, with Dante Fowler's basically contract coming off the books next year and, and still carrying dead money for him. And then the likelihood of cutting Tyler Davidson, the Falcons are going to be carrying like $21 million in dead money in 2022, just from those three players. Um, and that will be a hundred percent of Terry Fontenot's making. And then when you compare that to what the projected size of the salary cap is, that is 21 in or with a $205 million salary cap in 2022 is a significantly higher percentage of dead money carrying on your cap than the $10 million that the Falcons are carrying this year in with $182.5 million salary cap. So just thought that was interesting. That leads us into the conversation of people looking for someone to blame, right? People want to blame, Oh, we're this, we're in this current predicament because of, Matt Ryan or Rich McKay or Thomas Dimitrov or Dan Quinn or Terry Fontenot or Arthur Smith or Desmond Trufant or, or Jamon Brown. And the truth of the matter is if you're, you're looking for someone to blame or something to blame, it's COVID, right? The, the reason why the Falcons are in this predicament is because the salary cap is $20 million lower than what it should have been thanks to COVID. Um, but I know blaming a virus doesn't have the same sort of tangibility that blaming a sentient person carries. So, you know, if you're going to feel comparable to blame one person, which again, I don't think is fair, 
But, you know, I would probably suggest Dan Quinn. You know, I'm not an anti-Dan Quinn guy. I have no ill will towards Dan Quinn. But, you know, the Falcons constructed in, in their roster like a team these last several years that was a perennial playoff team and Super Bowl contender after 2016 and, and going into 2017 and going into 2018. They handed out extensions to guys like Devontae Freeman, Desmond Truvon in 2017. Then they followed that with Matt Ryan and Ricardo Allen, Jake Matthews in 2018, Grady Jarrett, Deion Jones, Julio Jones in 2019. And the fact is that the team failed to live up to that standard of being that perennial playoff team in the potential Super Bowl contender the past three years. And I think that firmly falls at the feet of the head coach for the various decisions that he made or did not make over that span of time. So if we're going to play the blame game, I, I would blame COVID. But if I was to say, hey, man, we're in this current predicament because Dan Quinn couldn't get this team to the playoffs the last three years. Another question people will ask me is, you know, what would you want in exchange for Julio Jones? And I'm, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm just not ready to really entertain the possibility of the Falcons uh, trading Julio Jones to, to even make an offer. Um, you know, I, I still hold on to the hope that we'll get one more year out of Julio Jones, even if that hope is slim at this point. But I've been asked before, and I, I'm, a, I'm a pragmatist. And when asked before, people ask me, what are the chances the Falcons trade Julio Jones? And I said, like 20, 25%. Right now, it seems like the odds are flipped and it seems like the chances of keeping him are at best 20 to 25 percent. And that probably, depending on who you ask, would probably be very generous of an assessment at this regard. So I'm still slowly wrapping my head around that. And it's going to take some time uh, to really unpack that and unfold that. But we'll continue today's episode, um, you know, going into our final topic of the day which is what do the Falcons do if they do wind up trading Julio Jones? How do they try and replace his value on offense? But before we get there, guys, I've already shown love to the NBA side of the Lockdown Podcast Network, but I got to show love to the NHL side of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where you can find a daily podcast devoted to your favorite NHL hockey team or whether your team is in the playoffs or not in the playoffs. And of course, you can find all those uh, daily locked on NHL podcasts on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So recently in the past, I've told you guys about how I had to get some work done on my car and I wound up paying a lot more money for it. And the minute I looked at that receipt, I was kicking myself because I knew I could have saved a bunch of money if I had just gone to rockauto.com. They have everything from engine modules, motor oil, new carpet, as well as the brake parts and tail lamps that I needed at that time. I could have gotten everything I needed in a few easy clicks delivered directly to my door. And you can too, because the rockauto.com catalog is unique. It's easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose by brand specification or the price that you prefer. And those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. The same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? And if you're like me, way more than twice as much for the same parts. Just go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com now we get into the difficult topic, which is if Julio Jones is done in Atlanta, how do the Falcons move forward? Now I've mentioned before, really the only silver lining of this move for the Falcons in my eyes is that with the $15 million that you free up by trading Julio Jones this summer, you know, you use about five of that to sign your rookies. 
And then with about 3 million left over in cushion that you carry into the season, you still have about $7 million in leftover cap space that you can actually now spend to supplement weaker spots of your roster. But obviously you're going to have a massive hole at the wide receiver position. Who's going to be that X wide receiver to fill in Julio Jones's shoes, right? Frank Darby's an X wide receiver, but he's not going to be that guy. Russell Gage has dabbled as an X wide receiver, but he's, he's been way more productive as a slot receiver than an outside receiver. Alameda Zacchaeus, not going to be that guy. Christian Blake's not going to be that guy. I know the Falcons just signed Ty J sharp today. And, you know, while he somewhat, you know, mitigates that he's certainly not filling that void. You're not going to plug Tajay sharp in and, and think he's going to catch you, you know, 70 plus passes this year. Like you were expecting out of Julio Jones. I mean, frankly, you were probably expecting more of that out of Julio Jones, but you know, maybe the Falcons will continue to kick the tires on, on other free agent wide receivers. You got name players like Alshon Jeffrey or Kenny Stills or, you know, the incomparable Marvin Hall, I believe is still out there, but you know, probably, it, one way or the other, you may see the Falcons try to get a young receiver as part of the trade package. You know, I've seen names thrown out there like Miles Boykin from the Ravens or Nikhil Harry from the Patriots. Um, but even if you get that young sort of wide receiver that has a little bit of upside, there's going to be a steep drop off in production from that position opposite Calvin Ridley at that X wide receiver spot. And, and so therefore you could certainly see the Falcons fully embracing the 12 personnel as their primary offense and, you know, leaning heavily on Kyle Pitts to help try to fill that void. So you're really going to have to rely on Kyle Pitts having a historic rookie season for a tight end in terms of production to help mitigate the loss of Julio Jones on the football field. So not counting Mike Dicka who did in 1961, I think it was, but Jeremy Shockey, at least in the modern NFL holds the record for the most receiving yards from a rookie tight end with 894. And that came on a 2002 giants team. That was primarily a run first team led by Tiki Barber and there and Shockey was the number two receiver to Monty Toomer. So, Another way that the Falcons can help fill the void left by Julio Jones is not through the air, but also by leaning heavily on the running game, which puts more questions on the Falcons depth at that position, as well as their uh, offensive line right now, which are again, two presumable areas of your roster that you could now address with the cap space that you free up from trading Julio Jones. But all that being said with Julio Jones being potentially gone in Atlanta, you know, me spending the last several months of this offseason saying that the, I believe the Falcons are capable of having a winning season and winning nine or 10 games and making the playoffs this year, at least for me, goes out the window. And they go back to being a sub 500 team, a team that I would right now say is Julio Jones um, project to be like a six or seven win team this upcoming season. So, you know, I feel like the silver lining and I'm using air quotes when I say that is that you do get a more balanced roster by trading Julio Jones, but you'll probably be a worse team for it because your offense goes from being potentially elite to pretty good. Um, and unless your defense takes a massive step forward to being okay from going from okay to actually really good, you know, I don't think that's going to uh, mitigate that decline from the offense. Now, 
there's going to be a lot of talk that the Falcons are going to have to deal Julio Jones at this point in time. And I remember saying this in January when we did the receiver review from 2020, uh, talking about whether or not trading Julio Jones makes sense for the Falcons. And I said it then, I'll still say it today. It's the same point I'm, I'm talking about now is that no draft pick that the Falcons are going to get. Cause again, we're not getting a first round pick, but no draft pick that the Falcons are going to get is going to outweigh Julio Jones's value on the football field. So for me, I'm not of this attitude that the Falcons have to get something for nothing. You know, this is why I've, I've talked about in the past of letting Julio play out this season and then wind up making him a post June one cut next year, because ultimately the value you're not going to get equal value for him in return. So, you know, getting a, a third or fourth round pick, you know, down the road or whatever the case may be, that's not going to pay off for you until like another two or three years, you know, until 2024 at the earliest 2025 to me, it's just not worth it. Um, or is, is not something that is super, super valuable to me that I feel compelled that I have to get that. Uh, if I, if I'm in Terry in, in them shoes, um, and I know a lot of fans and analysts will definitely disagree with that point, but you know, I, I know that they did particularly when it came to the Falcons, not pulling the trigger on trades of Devonte Freeman two years ago, or Tack McKinley last year. Um, when it came to, you got to get something for nothing in that regard. But you know, for me, if your value on the field vastly exceeds the trade compensation, I think it does in this case, you know, I don't feel like you you have to feel compelled to get something. I think at that point in time, if you're the Falcons, you have to do what's in the best interest of your salary cap, right? Because the trade is the draft pick is not going to be equal value. So at that point in time, your incentive is doing what's in your best interest salary cap wise. And, and that's why I sort of see making Julio a post June one cut next year as the best thing in the interest of the Falcons salary cap. Um, so, you know, what's been fascinating to me to watch is seeing the reaction of some people sort of turning on Julio Jones. And, you know, I always find that very odd and this is a disclaimer. You are more than welcome. You are free to react to this news, this, you know, however you want. And if you disagree with what I'm about to say, that is more than your prerogative. I'm not saying that my perspective is the correct perspective. It's just my perspective and I'll share my perspective because I have a microphone and you don't. Um, But the person that's like, oh, Julio doesn't want to be a Falcon. Well, he can kick rocks. You know, that to me is a very juvenile reaction. That to me is no different than someone sitting here saying, oh, you're, you're breaking up with me. No, I'm breaking up with you. You know, I've been watching the show called pin 15 on Hulu recently where two adult women play 13 year old versions of themselves. It's a very weird show, but I enjoy it. Um, but it feels like this sort of anti Julio backlash from some folks, you know, feels like it would fit nicely with a show about 13 year olds. You know, my reaction to all of this is it, it is what it is. You know, I've been mentally and emotionally preparing myself uh, for months, if not years, really, that we were getting close to the end of Julio's time here in Atlanta. You know, I've talked about this back when we gave him that contract extension back in 2019, that it was probably a three year deal, maybe four years if the Falcons are on the verge of of winning another title, um, which was clearly not the case. Um, So it was just kind of a three year deal. And I know for a lot of folks, you know, these last 24 hours have felt like a gut punch and getting curb stomped or or whatever the case may be, because you have been assuming like Matt Ryan, Julio Jones was going to play another four or five years here in Atlanta. 
right off into the sunset at age like 36 or whatever, like you're seeing with Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald right now in Arizona as a Falcon. And, you know, I always felt like that was a fantasy, not necessarily a reality, but getting back to the point at hand, you know, Julio Jones has been my favorite Falcon for the better part of the past decade. And whether he's wearing a Falcon uniform or wearing another uniform doesn't mean I'm going to stop rooting for him. You know, and I, I know a lot of other people have different opinions on that. You know, they're I'm a Falcons diehard and my loyalties to the logo, not the person wearing the logo. And, you know, for me personally, I've, I've always found that perspective to be very immature. And, and again, more in line with how I would see the world when I was 13, not necessarily how I see the world when I'm 38, like I find myself today. So, you know, I know there will be people that will be offended by me saying that. And I apologize to you if you find yourself among those people. But, you know, at the same time, you know, my hope is that maybe there's a couple of people that will have a little bit of a moment of self-reflection and self-examination and ask, like, why? Why is my re- immediate reaction um, to hearing this news to, to tell Julio go Julio Jones that he can go kick rocks or whatever the case may be? And uh, to be clear, I, that hasn't been the majority of reactions that I've seen. But it, to me, it's been a vocal minority of, of folks. And it just to me, it just screams toxic masculinity or in people not willing to be vulnerable about things and just saying, Hey man, I'm, I'm sad today because one of my favorite players is not playing for my team. It's like, Oh, well, no, it, the team's better off without him. They, they should have never paid him to begin with. And it's like, okay. All right. Captains of, of hindsight, like we're, we're, we're doing that today. Okay, sure. So I'm sure plenty of you will have some feedback uh, for me on that last point. And of course you can provide it via Twitter at Lockdown Falcons, via Facebook at Lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to LockdownFalcons at mail.com. Um, and the last thing I will say before we duck out of here, guys, um, is that, you know, I don't think today's news should necessarily be interpreted as a Julio Jones trade is imminent, right? June 2nd, I believe is like nine days away uh, or eight days away as you're listening to this. So, you know, we could see a trade happen in 10 days or we could see the better part of 10 weeks for something to happen. And obviously my hope is that every week that goes by where a trade doesn't happen in slightly increases the chances that a trade doesn't happen. So we'll see how it all plays out. Obviously this will be a topic of discussion that won't go away anytime soon, as I have suggested before, but it will be something that we will have to talk about probably a lot more than I was hoping to talk about. And, uh, you know, instead of having the rest of the week filled out with talking about, you know, the Falcons draft picks probably had to punt those shows to next week and, uh, have some guests come on, talk, share their thoughts on Julio Jones and, and all this stuff, uh, surrounding the Falcons. So that was probably what is in store, um, for the rest of, you know, Locked on Falcons, you know, being locked on Julio Jones saga uh, moving forward. Um, but if, you know, you don't necessarily want to hear all that, you want to know what, you know, you want to take your mind off of other things. Although I'm sure uh, host Peter Bukowski of the Locked On Today podcast will be talking about this Julio Jones stuff uh, a little bit on the Locked On Today podcast. But the Locked On Today has you covered not just from you know, Falcons and football stuff, but it's all the sports. It's all the sports news that you need every morning in under 20 minutes. So subscribe to the locked on today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. I appreciate it guys. Still a lot more to unpack with this whole Julio Jones saga, but uh, until then.